Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And welcome to the HP Podcast, episode number 260. I'm Ben, and with me here today are the beautiful boys, maybe even the most handsome that you know. Brandon, hello. Welcome on in. Hey. How's it going? All right, man. You, you're rocking some metal shit. You got your beanie, your black Vans beanie on. You're like a mix between pop and metal with your, like, super gothic shirt, you know? Not, not like goth shirt, but gothic style. What's going on? Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm... Uh rekindering young brandon uh this shirt's probably like 12 or 13 years mm-hmm. old it's an original hot topic suicide silent shirt yeah. so from way back in the day it's still kicking they don't make shirts like this anymore yeah that's um that's for sure they definitely don't you're, you're right there brandon uh for the listeners you're you're in a new room you got a new studio set up and sure. so for yeah. now he's got a little bit of echo but that'll you know you'll deal with it because the ginger's voice is enough to soothe your souls, but um, maybe that'll change soon. We get some, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Radic says you look like an NPC from Killzone. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but I think from Radic that's actually a compliment, uh, knowing his his taste. So, congrats, Brandon, uh, on looking like an NPC from Killzone. Dave, how are you? Showing a little uh, a little chest hair there tonight. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm okay. I feel weird today. Um. I had to ask to speak to someone's manager today. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Did you have your chest hair out while you were doing no. it? No. Oh, okay. I was nice about it, but I, it was just like, I don't know. Do we have time for the story? Yeah, it's absolutely. Not super we long. have all the time in the world. Yeah. For this story, we have it's time. It's funny because somebody shared with me a meme earlier this week of, of it was that meme. It's like, what's the, what's the male version of Karen? And they were just like, it's yeah. Dave. It's Dave. So, but I, I don't think I was a Karen, but I, yeah. I had this guy come to fix our microwave and, um, he didn't do anything, but he still wanted me to pay him $140 <laughs> when he left. And like, I, can't you buy a new microwave for like half so, that? That's the thing is like, the, I think the microwave was just installed incorrectly and like i'm pretty sure i know what the problem was and when he came in i was like i i wasn't like 
telling him how to do his job, but I was just like, this is the issue and this is what I suspect is going on. And then he spent 20 minutes trying to convince me that like, the problem is, is it's not venting from like the stove correctly. So like Mm -hmm. he tried, he spent 20 minutes trying to convince me that like a bird had made a nest in the exterior exhaust vent with no evidence. And I was like, I don't think that's it. So I finally got him to like do his job and then, oh, suddenly I appear to be right. And, and then like, he couldn't even remove the microwave and he kind of left it as like, oh, well, I don't have enough time to, to even try to get this microwave off. But if you want to remove your cabinets, I can book two hours and come back and get it done. $140, please. And I was just like, I, I'm not paying that. Like, I, I, I just, <laughs> you haven't done anything. And it's like that right. fee, the service right. call is like for that first hour visit diagnostic. And it's like, you haven't diagnosed anything. And I just like, I was like, can I, can I speak to your manager? And we kind of left it at that, but I don't know. The more I think yeah. about it. Did you get to speak to the manager? So I called and, and he wasn't available, but I left a message and I just, I don't just want to like send the guy off and be like, fuck you. I'm not paying you. Like I at least want to have a discussion with someone about like, you know, I'm not trying to get this guy into trouble, but like, I need you to understand why I don't want to pay this fee. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I had an experience uh, when I bought this house, the, the heat wasn't working correctly. And I knew that they had just put in a new boiler. And I mean, it's a it's a substantial size house and boiler. So I was like, well, maybe it just needs some time. Well, it was October. I let it go for like two days and it was going to be in like the 30s. And I was like, look, I got little kids. I got to get this fixed. If it was just me, I'll throw on some blankets and a hoodie and I'll be fine. But I got the kids, you know, whatever. So I call him, the guy who installed it. And I'm like, hey, something's not right. It's not set up correctly or something. It's not even kicking on. So he comes out. He looks at it and he's like, yeah, it was set up incorrectly. And I'm like, well, you installed it. And he's like, yeah, but somebody was down here and messed around with it. And I was like, well, the lady who owned the house died. And the only person who's been in the house was the person uh, who was here in the summer who was moving all the stuff out of the house. And then me. And I didn't touch it. He's like, well, yeah, it's set up incorrectly. Oh, and also you got a bunch of air in your lines. When it was installed, the air didn't get pushed out of your lines. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you remember from earlier, but you, in- you installed it. And he's like, yeah, well, I'll have to come in for like four or five hours and bleed all the lines. And I was like, I'll bleed all the lines. Um, Just fix fix the on button, like make it turn on. He's like, "Okay, uh, your pump's also bad. And I'm like, well, the pump was just installed with the with the boiler. And he's like, yeah, but it's bad. And I'm like, "Okay, for the third time, you installed it. Uh, And I moved here. I I bought this house two days ago. And he's like, yeah, uh, it'll be a twelve hundred dollars, please. And I was like. I'll pay you half of that to never come here again. (laughs) And the only reason I agreed to pay him anything is because the way the warranty works, like you have to go through the person who installed it with this company. I'm like, I just don't want them to like, you know, accidentally lose the warranty information. So I understand Dave. Uh, I couldn't speak to the manager because he was the owner, but uh, I'll never call him again unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. Yeah. This is the HP podcast where we talk about our problems with humanity. Um, and video games, if we feel like it. Tonight, we'll talk about a little bit of video games, I suppose, if we have to. But first, I want to remind you, you can support us over on Patreon.com slash Did you see that? The screen just did a thing. I didn't like it. 
Uh, supporters over on patreon.com slash hands you can support us for as little as a dollar a month to get ad free early access to the show if you're an audio listener we appreciate you we are here on video as well every Tuesday night most Tuesday nights sometimes we have to change it up a little bit uh, at 7pm eastern we're also on audio feeds for patrons Wednesdays free feeds on Thursdays for non-patrons we appreciate all of you anybody who listens or watches whatever the case is we also also appreciate the people over in our Discord, handsomefandom.com slash Discord. Hang out with us, talk about your broken furnace, your worst microwave repair stories, and even metal bands if you want. Uh, anything that we've talked about on the show is fair game and probably other stuff as well. I think that's all the pitches, right? That's all the pitches we have. We've told some stories. Can either of you guys do like the metal throat singing thing that they do? I used to be able to when I was a vocalist, a backup vocalist for a band, but um, that's been a long time ago, and also I'm sick right now, so. Definitely not. Brandon, you can do some some pig noises. I can't do it. The headphone listeners <laughs> will not allow it. It's fair. Sorry, I, I'm just not going to curse their ears. You got to come over not, for Rock not, Band Night sometime, and he'll do it yeah, for you. Yeah, I was going to say, Dave, there's a lot of pig squealing in the Rock <laughs> Band Nights for sure. Thank you. Well, you know how there's like so if you remember rock band when you're the the vocalist you like you have to sing on the on the rhythm and everything but then there's the part where like you know the the guitarist can just like tilt the guitar up and you're on your power mode or whatever it is well all the all the singer has to do is make a noise when it's yellow in that bar and so brandon and dustin usually resort to pig noises no matter what the song <laughs> is to activate their specials and uh it's quite nice actually i will i will say Let's talk about Ubisoft. Dave's favorite company. He's always horny for him. Uh, sorry, Dave, that was just, that was probably out of pocket. It's, it's correct. It's accurate. It's correct. Number one, Ubisoft is rebranding its subscription services, introducing a lower price PC version of the Classics tier, among aiming to get players comfortable with not owning their games. Ubisoft had its biggest Ubisoft Plus had its biggest month in October 23 with millions of subscribers and over half a billion hours played. Ubisoft director of subscriptions, Philip Tremblay, wants to see a consumer shift where gamers are comfortable not owning their games, similar to the transition from CDs and DVDs to Spotify and Netflix. The $17.99 a month service, $17.99 a month service offers access to Ubisoft games but raises concerns about the sustainability of subscription models and ownership of content ownership of content maybe a little freudian slip there uh this story i've seen be debated a little bit that's not what he said that is what he said but i read it i wrote this up it is very clear he says gamers need to get used to the netflix model for their games which he meant subscription services and we're all fans of subscription services we're also fans of physical games to some extent dave uh you know, is is at least a, a lover of old physical games for sure. Uh, so I don't know, boys. Let's talk about this for a little bit. Dave, I'll start you off first because you're the the only one here who went digital for current gen, and uh, and see what you think about the whole philosophy here. Um, I, I'm a little bit more pessimistic on this subject. I mean, I've seen the way that things have gone when it comes to owning movies in the last 10 years. And I've seen the way that that's gone for owning music. Um, and I just think that video games are kind of the last to follow. So, I mean, if I asked either of you guys, when's the last time you went out and bought a movie, like 
I don't know if you guys are different, but it, it for most people, I think it's like, well, I don't buy movies anymore. I just there I subscribe to a service and I when I, I watch them when I want to, and I don't know. I think we're coming pretty close to that happening soon with video games um, where the norm is just like you don't go out and buy a physical version of something and this concept of ownership is is really is really changing um where you know you don't actually own something you just kind of own the rights to play it temporarily that's what ownership is and you know it's it's going to become more of a, a niche kind of collecting thing um that's what i think video games are going to turn into. And, and again, movies and, and, and music are, are perfect examples of, of where I think this, this industry is inevitably going. I know that's disappointing to a lot of people, but like, it's just kind of the norm now in those other two industries that I mentioned. So um, I think as far as Ubisoft um, kind of coming out and saying this, it's, it's interesting coming from them because I think amongst the, the sort of premier third party developers out there, I feel like, Ubisoft is best positioned to have a successful subscription service just because they have such like a, a diverse catalog of, of games for, um, you know, people to, to kind of jump into at an entry level. Like, you know, they have RPGs and they have sports games and they have, um, you know, dance party games and stuff. Like there's just so much, like, like I feel like if I had a friend who was like, I want to get into gaming, I don't know what games to buy. What should I do? I feel like Ubisoft subscription service would be a great jumping off point. And, you know, it's great to see that they're seeing success. I'm not sub su surprised that October was their most, um, successful month. Cause you know, that's probably something to do with Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, but they're really going the right, right way about this by putting, you know, their, their big titles day one on the service. I think Prince of Persia is probably going to be day one. And, you know, we know the direction that Ubisoft is going with Assassin's Creed Infinity, where it's kind of this living, breathing thing. And I think that's very much going to be a cornerstone of the subscription service. So, you know, like it or not, I agree with this this concept of of the changing concept of what ownership actually means, and just look to video or music and and, and movies to kind of see where where I think this is going. Again, like it or not, but it is what it is. Yeah. Keep keep you hold on to your games and build a collection because they might be worth something soon. But yeah, and, and the other thing I wanted if to mention, I, I think the next big kind of shoe to drop, and I think it might come with the next generation is one of the big three to launch a digital only console with no physical option. Um, yeah. you know, I, I know we have like with the series S and the digital <laughs> PS five, but one day, one of these, one of these console makers is just going to come up with something that you cannot put anything in. And that's, that's going to be kind of the next big thing to come. Yeah. Dave, you were saying about movies and, I can't remember the last, I mean, I've purchased a few movies, but they've all been like digital ones on Vudu or, or whatever. Uh, and they were just because they weren't available on any streaming service. So I was willing to buy them, but usually for very cheap, it almost felt like a rental as opposed to actually buying them. But Brandon, you're a big physical guy. Yeah. And, and here I think Absolutely. we're talking about not only physical games, and, and I understand that many people are fine with just going digital, but this is a step beyond just going digital. This is saying you're not even going to own them digitally. Just you know, get get on the train, be part of the subscription services, which again, we like the subscription services, but what if it was your only option? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're really dipping into some dangerous territory. Um, wasn't it just ahead of uh, Ubisoft just a couple months ago when the whole Best Buy thing went down? Wasn't he like, there will always be physical in some form? Wasn't that Ubisoft? It was. It was Did we not talk was about a that a month or two ago? But it was, it was them, yeah. Anyway. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that the concept of... Uh, the concept of ownership will definitely change as time goes on. And I think we're moving in this direction, whether we like it or not. And I definitely don't like it. My biggest concern is less about owning the media because that's always important um, to me uh, and more about the preservation of the media, because I feel like that's something we don't really talk about when we talk about these subscription services is not owning something means that you don't determine when you have access to that because you don't own it. And we know that the video game industry isn't exactly top notch as far as preservation goes. I mean, there's entire websites dedicated to lost games, thousands and thousands of games we've already lost. And, you know, albeit they might be older, they might be from the early 2000s and 90s, most of them, but I don't know. We've talked about it a bunch and that's what concerns me most. I mean, at the end of the day, I do love physical games and I love owning my games, even if they're not physical, but that's kind of the long-term ramifications that I'm kind of afraid of is that we're going to lose a lot, um, a lot of the medium um, unless there's some initiative to kind of preserve it. And there's very little, um, unless I'm completely missing something, but there just isn't right now. Yeah. Yeah, we see a lot with, um, you know, HBO and Disney have been major offenders of this. I think even Discovery to some extent uh, in the recent past of, well, this show or movie or whatever, this series isn't doing well. So we're just going to remove it from the service so we can write it off. Uh, and I think that's my bigger concern. I mean, there's always the argument. Oh, well, every game is preserved. Just pirate it. Well, one, not all games are able to be pirated because of DeNovo and things like that. And, you know. Two, I don't want to have to pirate something. I don't want to have to technically break the law in order to get something. But it brought me to think about that game Multiverses. Uh, I know that they said it was just an early access thing. Remember, they, they came out with Multiverses. It did well. It kind of died, died down. And then they said, we'll be back next year. And I'm wondering if part of the reason they took it down was some... Maybe there was some way they were able to get around like a tax loophole there if it wasn't currently a product and they or they removed the product if they were able to take less of a hit on their taxes somehow. I'm just guessing that's me totally speculating. I don't know much about tax law, but it seems like kind of the same thing that, you know, they did with Willow on on Disney or with um, well, I can't remember the name of that show on, on HBO. They took down that was really uh, Westworld Westworld was really popular and then it kind of tanked and now it's just gone. And I think maybe you can get part of it on DVD, but not all of it. But anyway, just a lot of thoughts rambling around. But as far as like the subscription service becoming the the bigger part of the philosophy, uh, I like the subscription service as an option. As a matter of fact, I'm subscribed to two or three, four video game subscription services, something like that. But I just don't like it as the only option. You know what? I'd, I would rather own, in, in quotes, my digital games, even if there's no more physical options, I would rather own them digitally than rely on a subscription service that is maybe it's down that day, or maybe they just decide they're going to remove it and I won't be able to download it anymore and play it. And 
I know that sounds like um, sensationalism or, you know, being scared over nothing, but we've literally seen examples of it happen in these other industries. Uh, so I don't think it's too much of a, it probably is the future. It's probably the future, but it's not really a future that I'm real uh, excited about, I suppose. Um, Ed says in chat, Discovery owns WB, which owns HBO Max. Right. I just meant um, the separation because there's some stuff that like was under Discovery's brand and some stuff that's under HBO's brand and they both remove things. So, yes, technically it's the same parent company, um, which I get. Uh, Radic says HS Hop. I, I don't know what that stands for. Uh, oh, H Shop. It's a pirate piracy thing, I'm pretty sure. On 3DS has every 3DS game in existence, which is crazy. Um, yeah, that's true. You literally can. Anything that's not modern day, you can get it. I mean, I could I could go right now and download the entire 3DS library with a couple clicks and it wouldn't be a big deal. But do I want to have to do that? Um, I'm not saying I necessarily like want to go and pay people to get their old games that they don't want to sell me anymore. Uh, but do I want to have to risk threat of a, a lawsuit or my ISP cutting off my service or whatever? Just use a VPN, Ben. I do. Okay. I do. Uh, Westworld is all up in 4K up to season three, if I recall. Um, maybe. maybe. Maybe that was a case of me just reading... A headline and assuming it was true but i i thought that westworld wasn't on hbo or max or whatever it's called now anymore but i don't know boys dave uh you you brought up a good point about ubisoft um what's it called the assassin's creed collection infinity, like the thing, the, infinity? Yeah. yeah have you heard any more about that um no um but yeah it's 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 I, I think it's the idea is it's going to kind of change the way that, that you play Assassin's Creed. And it's more of, I don't know. I, 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 I got, the more I read about it, the more I felt like it was going to be like, you would have an Assassin's Creed launcher that might live within this subscription service. And like, from there, like you would launch COD. Now you could open the launcher and launch Warzone or Modern Warfare two or three or Vanguard or whatever, like Assassin's Creed would have these like bits and pieces and it would just update on an annual basis or, or whatever with, with new games or experiences. So, um, yeah. And I think like a, a strong subscription service is, is kind of tailor made for something like what they're talking about with Assassin's Creed. So, yeah. 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 That's interesting. The, the one series subscription service is a totally different thing that I haven't even considered yet too. And of course you're going to have to have, a lot of games that have made a lot of money to be able to dump into a, a subscription service like that. But man, I would love if they did something like that with call of duty, which, you know, cause my interest in call of duty wanes year to year, month to month, whatever. So sometimes I'm really hot on it and I want to play. And, um, sometimes I really don't. So it'd be nice if I could be like, well, I want to check out this year's and then hop in for 15, 20 bucks and then never play it again. If I wanted to, but another one I've heard brought up a lot is Madden or any of the sports games just to make it a, a yearly subscription or even a monthly one and then just update the roster. You know, maybe they come out with a new one every five years or something, but it's not like they update the graphics or the gameplay that much year to year on a lot of I those. I that same thought, but two, I just kind of thought like EA's probably got millions and millions of people who are still buying the game every single year. Yeah, so they, they do. probably lose money on that. Yeah. Uh, Radic asks, 
Oh, sorry. First, Ed says, you are correct. Westworld is off HBO Max, but it's not completely lost because it at least had a 4K and Blu-ray release and another streaming host did it. Okay, yeah. So they, they did remove it, but I'm pretty sure it was due to the... That, that's only a, another streaming service owning an HBO original is half a step away from them deleting it entirely, in my opinion. That That's my opinion. But Radic asks, are you guys ever worried about Sony or Microsoft removing access from t- titles only on are already on your download list brandon are you yeah i mean this is something we've seen we've seen this happen recently with movies um and tv shows so once again i mean we go back to the physically owning something even if i would rather digitally own it than have to subscribe to a service this is just the inherent risk with digital um and i mean to a, a lot of an extent, I mean, it's the inherent risk with the way games are made now. Um, because even if you physically own a disc, I mean, that usually doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. Right. So I don't know. I just think that either way, kind of the physical chads as we are, um, are kind of going extinct, unfortunately. Um, I would imagine that more boutique things will continue to exist, similar to limited run games in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that that thing may pers- persist in like a smaller um, capacity. Um, but whether we like it or not, Ben, um, physical is kind of just going by the wayside. So I'm honestly planning on just continuing to gobble up as much of the physical uh, market share, so to speak, as I possibly can. You are um, known to be a gobbler. Well, I can. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know that. Dave, uh, as, a, as a mostly digital guy, what happens if they start removing licenses from your account? Yeah, not not cool. Um, it's and again, I think that's one of the things that makes buying digital a little bit more easy is is just to echo what Brandon said. Like, what is really on the disc anymore? And yeah. if I if I boot up my place, if I had a physical PlayStation Five and I booted it up in twenty years and put a disc in, if I put ten different games in, I I kind of feel like more than half of them probably wouldn't work because of how many games rely on an online connection or some connection to a server. Um, I can't play half of call of duty right now because I don't have an active subscription to PS plus. And this is one of the reasons why I've gotten to the whole GameCube thing is like, I know I can pick up games and experiences from 20 years ago and they are perfectly preserved from, from what I remember them being in 2001. Um, and I, I don't know if that's going to be in the, the case in 20 years with what we're currently playing, just because so much seems to rely on some connection to a server. So I, I don't know if it matters, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sucks. Um, I think that we're kind of going towards, uh, <laughs> in many ways, preservation or otherwise, I think we're kind of at the mercy of these companies. I mean, that's kind of just the way the world runs now, but um, yeah, I mean, we get to play things and experience things as long as these companies allow it um, more or less. And that's kind of just what it is. You're paying for the time that you can spend with it until they decide that it's not available essentially. So sorry, my kid came in. I don't know what he wanted, but he started off with since I'm done with this. And usually that means he's going to ask if he can play a video game before bed. Uh, I just told him I can't talk right now. I'm podcasting. Sorry. What if he was asking I need to talk about if he video could play games. Doki Doki Literature Club and, and you just kind of gave him permission unknowingly? No, I didn't give him permission oh. at all. I just said I can't talk now. My, his mother's downstairs. He just knows that I'm more likely to say yes. That, that's what <laughs> happened there. She, I think she might be on a, like she has a meeting tonight, I think, but 
um, she's home. She's like, uh, she's downstairs on the computer, just like I am. So you can go ask her. Uh, but I just imagine he's like, he comes up here knowing we're both on calls. And he's like, can I play a game? Who, who's going to say yes, dad. Okay. I'll go ask him. And, uh, I just told That's him to go. Smart, right? Yeah. That's I mean, smart. it's smart. Yeah. And also mean, um, yeah, I, I think you're right about the, I mean, I know you're right about the GameCube thing. Like those games, whatever's on the disc was shipped. Like whatever the game is was shipped on a disc. There was no option to upload, update it later. And now we have games like, for instance, I mean, this is just a very minor example. Lies of P when it came out, um, it was much more difficult from what I understand. I haven't finished it, but, and I haven't played the update, but it was much more difficult when it came out than it was later. Cause they, they nerfed some of the, um, some of the bosses. And so like, even just that, a little difference in experiences years down the road is a big difference from the game that's on the disc or when you initially buy in it. In 20 years, somebody is going to like find like at some garage sale, like a copy of um, Cyberpunk on PS4. <laughs> Oh, I remember this game. They're gonna put it. They're gonna find the PS4, put it in, and be so disappointed because it couldn't update. Yeah. What do you guys think was really the shift? I mean, are we talking like 2000 and teens? Yeah, I'd say end of 360 generation was when you started seeing. I mean, there was were some downloads, but not like the majority of the game. Now you buy right. a game and, and I mean, on Xbox, it's literally just the license to download the game for the most part. And on PlayStation, sometimes, you know, you install 160 gig, but the download is only 15. So, you know, there's plenty there that didn't wasn't on the disc to begin with. So, yeah, it's crazy. This is why PC chads win. You, you don't buy digital. You don't buy physical. You just you get what you want. Damn, dude. <laughs> Let's move on to number two. A new version of the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller, listed as V2, has been spotted on Best Buy Canada's website. The upgraded controller boosts an exceptional 12-hour battery life, a significant improvement over the DualSense's battery life of around 4 to 5 hours. Priced at $89.99 Canadian, approximately $70 US, the new controller appears to maintain the same design and features as the original, with the enhanced battery life being the main upgrade Sony has not officially confirmed the new DualSense controller, and a release date is yet to be announced. So, we have a pretty good confirmation. Best Buy probably wouldn't have just made this up on their own, although I'm sure they got a letter asking them to take it down. Um, and so, no official confirmation, but some all signs point to that. I want to know about your guys' experiences with your current controller, and if this is interesting enough to get you to double dip. Dave, how, how often are you running out of juice over there, buddy? Yeah, I, I have to admit that I have noticed that um, at the end of my gaming sessions, I've always been a little bit surprised about how little battery life is is in um, my controller. Now, I, I bought one of those charging docks, so I always have another controller waiting, but like my gaming sessions are relatively short with my PS5. I just I don't have the stamina to play that long, but I can only imagine for somebody who has longer um, kind of sessions and maybe doesn't have a dock and doesn't have a second controller that yes the the battery life has left a little bit to be desired so um yeah i'm kind of wondering how this is going to be positioned when it does become official will this v2 kind of replace 
the the current dual sense that's on the market or will it be marketed as sort of a premium version um i would really hope it doesn't because you know we we've kind of gotten used to these premium controllers to you know give more options and allow for more fine tuning i'm thinking about like the xbox elite controller and stuff like that so um if this is an improvement over existing features um then i i hope it it this is a replacement rather than um trying to get people to to double dip and pay a little bit more money so yeah dave how much are the, are the regular are the controllers now like the regular controllers are they they're about 70 bucks right yeah i think that so 89.99 canadian so this is a 20 dollar jump um because i'm pretty sure they're 69.99 um okay so yeah well i thought brandon i think they're 70 dollars us aren't they yeah i i thought they were either 60 or 70 as well i might be thinking of Um, xbox controllers but i'll double check but either way i mean this kind of signals to me like a refresh on the controllers. Um, I think that the addition of the adaptive triggers really, uh, at least from what I've played, um, when I have a game that has adaptive triggers, it significantly decreases the battery life. And I feel like this is just a further iteration of the controller. I mean, Sony has not been shy about you know putting out new versions of the console. I would love to see this more frequently. I mean, if we can get a mid-gen refresh on a controller, because $70, I mean, what are we talking? From four or five hours to 12, I mean, that's a pretty significant jump. Now, there's some people that own, I don't know, three or four controllers. I've never been that guy. I own two ever. And I I probably would own one if I wasn't worried that the one was going to die while I was playing it. (laughs) So, you know... Is this enough to bring me back in? At the price point, certainly. But I'm the kind of guy, and I've always, always been, until my controller is broken or the battery life slumps down to an hour and a half or two hours, I'm good. Um, And I think, honestly, (laughs) the most glaring thing about this to me is that although I do love, I love, love, love more battery. Everyone can agree with that. Fix the stick drift first. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't care about anything else. Uh, it's been happening for two generations now. Um, you know, you get controllers that have stick drift. Um, so even though that's a notable improvement, I think that um, just fix the stick drift. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Just I, I don't know what I got to do. But, you know, and I'm not buying that controller that has like... Did you see that on Twitter? It has like, it's a, this will yeah, never I've have stick those. drift. It has magnetized yeah. dick clips or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, 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 it, it's ridiculous, but this is a good improvement. And to me, this signals like maybe a refresh on the controller and less of a replacement um, because we already do have the premium controller and I don't think they're really going to want to have three tiers of controller. Right. I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah my um, guess is they'll start I, including I think, it with, new ps5s even if it's v2 like that's for people to upgrade and then they'll market it with this you know buy this ps5 it comes with the v2 controller or something like that right exactly uh what'd you find dave anything yeah um i was incorrect so it's 90 dollars canadian and then just to echo what ed said is uh five dollars more for the colored um and then xbox interesting enough 75 dollars for just their replacement controllers so yeah pretty big difference yeah but the last generation, I think the Xbox One controllers were were also sixty, 
But it's really it's really fascinating because the new controller, which has a couple new buttons and like it's made a little differently, but it's mostly the same. You pick them up and it's hard to tell the difference. Uh, 75 or 70. And it's like, why did you increase the price by 10 or $15 when they're the same? Literally, you can use an Xbox One controller on the series and vice versa. So I'm not really sure why they did that, but uh, go into the comments for a second. Uh, Ed says DualSense Edge owner, the battery life is shit. I've heard that as a big complaint about the DualSense Edge and for a controller you pay that much for, uh, it seems like it should have a better battery life. Let me give you all a recommendation. If you're out there in the audience, you're looking for a new controller and the biggest concern to you is battery life. But you also think the, the back buttons would be nice. My friend, Jonathan, Old Pueblo, whatever uh, his name is, uh, depending on the day he's he's talking, he uh, <laughs> he gave me a scuff controller. It's a purple PS5 scuff controller that he just didn't like it. He didn't like the back buttons, etc. Um, that thing, I have never had it go below two bars, and I've had some long gaming sessions with it. Like the family's gone, I'm playing all day Saturday, and I never thought about plugging it in, never got a battery dull thing. One night I left it on overnight uh, by accident, and the next day I picked it up and it still had one bar. I mean, I wasn't using it admittedly, but I played with it like a whole other session and it was fine. So I would recommend the, the, the Edge DualSense, or not the Edge DualSense, no, that's the opposite of what I'm saying. The Scuff DualSense. I like the controller itself too, but the battery life is phenomenal. Um, and I know that they're like, they're officially licensed and everything. So give that a shot. Um, it needs Hall Effect sticks, but no, Sony won't, says Edward Walton. I think he's referring to the uh, the stick drift. Uh, the DS4 had two models. This V2 will be a replacement revision. Yeah, that's that's my thought too. If they're going to make it the same price, it'll be a replacement because why wouldn't you get the battery life, better battery life if you can get um, them for the same price. And another person saying, Alex saying that the dual sense, the battery sucks on that. So lots of complaints there. I um, I definitely noticed it with the regular dual sense, but yeah, that the scuff just goes and goes and goes. So that's nice. Number three. Capcom has been incorporating file protection software, Enigma Protector, into its Steam games to counter piracy and what it perceives as problematic mods. Now, let me clarify here for a minute. After I wrote this up, I saw another thing that said they only did this for one game and it was live for only a few hours before they removed it. So I'll preface all this with this with that. This might be totally irrelevant. Steam users noted that the addition of the software and its impact became more apparent after an update to Resident Evil Revelations caused performance issues and it was subsequently reverted. Capcom plans to reissue the update. Enigma Protector aims to safeguard executable files from hacking and modification, but also restricts game mods. Steam users, displeased with the mod-blocking DRM, left mostly negative reviews for Re Resident Evil Revelations. Capcom has not officially addressed the matter. Now, I know none of us are huge, huge into the mod scene, but you know we've dabbled with them here and there. But not only, I, I understand the whole piracy thing. I think putting in these safeguards just detracts from the popularity of your game which you know i'm not a number cruncher but there's probably a case to be had there that popularity actually helps your game sell more copies i'm sorry that piracy actually helps your game sell more copies but i could be wrong but um what do you guys think about this adding drm number one to old games and number two uh destroying mods and and updates and stuff like that brandon you're you're a little more into the pc scene nowadays sure <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think DRM is bad no matter what. 
um, in any context. Uh, it goes kind of back to the ownership of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, being able to launch it yourself with just the executable on your PC is favorable in any scenario. Um, but I think it's extra scummy to kind of go back in and patch this sort of thing in, um, especially on old games. I don't really, I don't really understand companies' adversions to modding. Um, I would understand not supporting it in a in like an official capacity, um, like some companies have, like you know the watered down Bethesda mods, stuff like that. I understand that, um, but I don't understand um, not allowing people to do whatever the fuck they want with the product that they bought. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I stand on it. And I think it's especially weird when it's old games, but I don't know, man, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I guess it's piracy. They can kind of hide behind the veil of that. That's why we did this, but I'm not really buying it. Honestly, I think that any dollar they can squeeze out of you, they will. Um, and if that means that you can't share the file with your friend, then that's what they want to do. Um, so. Dave chats saying uh, here in real time, I'm learning this, that this may have been implemented because of horny Street Fighter six mods, specifically the nude Chun-Li mods. Now, oh God, I gotta, I gotta this if right that's uh, if that's actually the case, then I, you know, I get it. But does that really help? I don't get it. I mean, I get it from Capcom's perspective. They're a little bit, you know, their nose is stuck up a little bit in the air. But does that really help? Oh First of all, people are still going to make those images. And second of all, uh, why didn't they put it on Street Fighter 6? Or maybe it already had it. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking up my ass here, but they put it on uh, Resident Evil Revelations, yeah. which I don't know had any issue. I don't know. I don't know one way or another, but it's just an interesting topic. It's a weird spot to test it out, but I don't know. When I read this, I, I kind of felt like this was probably more targeted at uh, the piracy piece. I mean, if you want to put protections in your game to keep people from pirating it, then, I mean, so be it. I don't like this idea that Wait, sorry. I need to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Brandon has not looked back at the camera or the monitor with us we on can't it see either of ever hands. since we said nude Chun-Li. <laughs> He's just looking at the other monitor, scrolling vociferously. No, I'm... Okay. No. Sorry, Dave. Continue. Um, it, you guys know you, you can't be talking about I mean, about Ada Wong is the first thing that came to my mind when I read this story, so... Um, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. There, I can't help but feel like there's a sense of entitlement amongst PC owners that if I buy your game on PC, then I'm, I'm somehow entitled to be able to mod your game or have access to mods. And it's just like, I get that some game developers give you like full access to, to do that kind of stuff, but it, it doesn't mean that everybody needs to. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I fully support Capcom in this and wanting to protect their games for privacy and maybe not necessarily giving people full access to change the game however they want because it it does open the door for some pretty shitty stuff to be put out there. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay with Capcom doing this. Um, I'm, you know, they've got a pretty big Monster Hunter game coming out in the next year or so. So it's, it's probably a good time to make sure that these these uh, measures work even if they test them in kind of the, the weirdest of places being uh, Resident Evil Revelations, but yeah. Yeah. Moving on to number four. Boys, I know you're excited for this one. I know I know Radic, if he's still around, is going to be thrilled. Foam Stars is coming to PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus subscribers can snag a cool new game for free. That's how they described it, by the way. In February, it's Square Enix's Foam Stars, kind of like Nintendo Splatoon. Starting February 6th, it's part of the PS Plus Essential lineup. 
grab it by March 4th and play it as long as you're subscribed. After or if you don't have the subscription, it's $30, but you still need PS Plus for the online multiplayer. Now, I just copied a lot of their marketing speak. It's not that engaging in my opinion, but I don't know. I just wanted to mention this. We're all subscribed, or at least Brandon and I, I think Dave is periodically to PlayStation Plus. Um, this is coming on the Essential tier, which is an interesting piece because I thought that this would at least be on the uh, the, the mid or highest tier. But um, Foam Stars, you guys excited for Foam Stars? Is th- Here's the real question I want to get into. Dave, are they making Foam Stars free on PS Plus to get a bigger user base? And or because there was zero to little interest in it from like the pre-order numbers and stuff. I think it could be both. Yeah, I think it, it probably signals that there's there's a lack of confidence in this game, um, which is too bad. But I mean, it, it, it didn't really look to do much different from, you know, a game that people really like, which is uh splatoon but do we need a lot of splatoon clones <laughs> um yeah. i don't know I, I i think in any case it's if if they're feeling this way about how the game might be received this is probably a good way to kind of go about it but it it just stinks of what was that game that first party sony game that came out where, like you ride on top of cars and stuff um and it just came destruction, destruction all stars and it came and, and went and nobody remembers it. So yeah, I'm not interested in this. I do not have PlayStation plus right now anyway. So um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it though. Yeah. Brandon, uh, are we going to team up for this? I mean, this is not a game. I know that some of the previews people are saying it was fun and I'm sure it, it is at least that fun to some extent, but for free, you know, you're already subscribed to PS plus. You're going to check it out. If you want to, <laughs> you sound very enthusiastic <laughs> about this. This is good. This is good. Brandon, you no. can ask Ben to play it and then he can fulfill his resolution by saying no. Oh, wow. wow. Guys, okay. for low commitment, I'll play almost anything. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, I'll probably download it. Yeah. And if I had to guess, I will play maybe three fourths of a match yeah. um, and then uh, quit the match and promptly delete it. Yeah. Um, that's just me guessing. I'm completely guessing here. It could be amazing. Um, now, there is a little bit of an, another side to the coin here. We're saying that this this almost prompts, uh, you know, non-confidence in this game. I mean, could it mean that they're just trying to get the boost? I mean, look at what it did for a game like Rocket League. Yeah, that's true. And look at what it could absolutely look at what it could have done for a game like DRG. Yeah. How many hours of DRG did I play only because I originally downloaded it on PlayStation Plus? So I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm not excited for it. I like Splatoon for a couple hours. I know I'm in the minority here. A lot of people love Splatoon. They fucking love it. And although I don't love when we kind of clone things and kind of make like uh, the Aldi version of the same thing with a different company... We don't have that many Splatoon clones. I mean, this is kind of yeah. new for this type of game. So I'm willing to hear them out. Even though I'm not really interested in this sort of thing, if I really wanted to play Splatoon, I would pop in the fucking copy I have of Splatoon 1 and play it. If it's free. And, you know, as I'm saying that, it's like, yeah, I mean, how many people might like it if they try it? I might love it. Yeah. I don't think I will. But, you know, it's the it's the low, low price of free in quotes you know your playstation plus which 
many people already have. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know that necessarily or inherently this means it's going to be bad, even though I do think that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. I guess it's cool that I'll be able to try it with zero commitment other than what I already have. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's definitely where I'm at, too. I mean, it's not a game that I, I it's not a game I would buy unless for some reason it just is going insane. And it looks awesome, but I doubt it. Right. Like what I've seen so far. But, you know, if it's 30 bucks, I'm I may take a gamble. I may take a flyer for one night of fun with the boys for 30 bucks, maybe. But yeah, for free included, I'll give it a shot. And maybe it turns out great. Um, somebody brought up that Fall Guys was also a PS Plus launch title. And that did really well. I don't know its current state, but I know that it's still um, being played. And um, you mentioned Rocket League and, and Rocket Rocket League. <clears throat> and Rocket League is um, still super successful. Obviously not as big as it was at one point, but that was a huge one too. So it could definitely be something. But here's the real question. Why is it launching at the same time? Well, technically, I think it's like two or three days uh, before Helldivers 2. These are both at least somewhat. I don't. I don't know if Foam Stars is at all funded by Sony. I guess it technically is if it's on PS Plus. But why are they putting these two games? Both of them are games that I don't have full confidence in, and they're both multiplayer games. They're putting them out so close to each other. It just seems stupid. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not really very smart in that way. Um, I will say though, gut reaction, like I will gladly pay $30 for Helldivers. 40, but yeah, I get your point. I don't think I would pay $40 for Foam Stars. I think that's kind of the difference. I don't know. And it's also new IP. Like, I think there's a lot of factors here. I mean, Helldivers is completely different um, than the first one. And we know that because of what we've seen. But But, but that's what I'm saying, Brandon. um, If that's your goal, if your goal is... Well, we're putting Foam Stars on PS Plus to give it a boost. Why would you put it out next to a game that's probably going to get a decent amount of attention? Whether it's good or not is a different story. But many people are going to know they want to go play Helldivers. And so they might play Foam Stars for two days and then they lose interest. And then you lose your base immediately. And to that, I would argue with you, Ben, is many people, except for us, don't know what Helldivers or Foam Stars that's is. That's a fair point. <laughs> that's a very fair point. And they point. don't give a fuck. They just see that one's free. Right. So like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dave, uh, for the month uh, of February, you're going to get PS Plus and come play Foam Stars with us. No. No. Okay. Well, fine. That's fine. You do you, Dave. <laughs> Speaking of Deep Rock Galactic, it marches on. Uh, I have. I just copied the graphic here from Steam that they put up. I'm just going to open it up and read a few facts from it. Uh, first of all, they said that Deep Rock Galactic has had has sold more than eight million units. That's pretty crazy for the little game that could. And they say specifically sold, so I'm assuming that does not count the Game Pass subscriptions or the. Actually, I don't know how they counted on PlayStation, but either way, 8 million. I'm assuming that's at least actual players. It's pretty good. Uh, They said. So in 2018, when the game launched, 502,000 units sold. Bump up to 2023, five years after its initial launch, 2.5 million units sold. They saw an increase of five times five years after the six years after the game 
came out. That's incredible. That really shows you like how long of a tail it has. Uh, the average user engagement on Steam is 46 hours. That's crazy. Uh, the more than 800,000 players on Steam have played more than more than 100 hours of the game. Uh, that's insane as well. Daily active users in 2023 on Steam, 150,000. Monthly active, over a million. And average concurrent, 19,000. Almost 20,000. Pretty insane. Damn. A lot of stats here. Uh, it's on, if you're interested in looking at it, it's on the um, their Steam page. Under It's one of the new, it's the newest updates. Uh, lots of stats, even including like how the most people died in the game and all that kind of stuff. But Dave, I think you were, uh, you were, you and Brandon both, but you especially were championing this game early on. How do you feel? The little, little gnomes that could, little dwarves. Oh, that could. I got to give that credit to Brandon. Um, it was his, he picked it up on PS plus and it was his recommendation that got me into deep rock galactic. And I continue to go back on a fairly regular basis. It's on, uh, I have it on PlayStation, but, um, I'm sick of having to subscribe to PS plus every time I want to play it. And I'd like to play with you guys. Cause I assume you're going to be going back at some point. So I'm going to be picking it up on steam pretty soon. I think I can still play. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I mean, that's literally the only uh, thing I can fault this game for is how fucky it's crossplay is. Um, but other, well, so Brandon and I, we've played it on PlayStation a little, but Brandon played it on PlayStation a lot, but then we played it on game pass on PC, but you cannot crossplay game pass with steam. So I wouldn't mind picking it up on steam. I don't care. That's fine. Me, me neither. Yeah. I mean, we would start over, yeah. but like, Best case of all those, Dave, is for you to buy it on on Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Steam's yeah. fine because we might not always have Game Pass. Yeah. Who knows? But it might true. not. It might not always be on Game Pass. But all I can say is Rock and Stone, boys. Just Rock and Stone. There's more good stuff coming from um, Coffee Stain. Is the is the developer? Um, they they released yeah. like a Deep Rock um, roguelike, and or like that's yeah. coming. And I know there's there's. I don't know if it's going to be a full-blown sequel, but there's new stuff coming to Deep Rock. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to see that such a fun and easy to pick up game with such a great community is is just doing so well. And I don't know if it was the addition of PlayStation Plus that really gave it the boon, but I'm in any case, I'm just happy that this game is getting the recognition that it deserves because it's it is so much fun, so much fun. Coffee Stain Publishing, we got um, uh, Goat Simulator. Goat Simulator 3, there's no two. Uh, Valheim, Deep Rock Galactic, like, these are all... Dredge? Maybe Bangers. maybe they don't make headlines, but they definitely pull in players, for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. And honestly, I mean, this is, this is a crowning achievement for any development yeah. <laughs> team. Um, you know, we oftentimes like to... Uh, parade the single developers or the two or three development team does that kind of make it big you know like the lethal companies and the and the um stardew valleys you know the the one person team but even at 32 people which is what i'm seeing here um this development team is that's incredibly impressive yeah. um especially with how how much support has been put into this game and how much value um, every single season this game brings. Sorry, Ghost Ship um, is the uh, developer. Yes, yeah. Coffee yeah. Stain's the publisher, which Coffee Stain, I think, at one point was the, a developer and they made a publishing studio, but I might be wrong on that. Yeah, but crowning achievement, 
will always support this game, bought the, you know, support us pack on PlayStation, would consider repurchasing just because I, I want to see him winning. Um, and I will be checking out the roguelike mode as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll for sure be buying into anything else that they kind of put forward in the future. And that's kind of a win-win um, for everybody. The success of the game and then the promise of the future games. Yeah. So. Moving on to number six, our final news story. And it just so happens to lead right into what we've been playing. Rockstar and WB Games have done something interesting. They lifted part of the non-disclosure agreement of the alpha test of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. The move comes after a wave of mixed and negative previews about the game. After various outlets and creators shared their hands-on previews, the sanctioned ones, of the Suicide Squad game, pointing out issues like clunky combat and boring missions, Rocksteady is now changing its approach. On January 11th, they announced that players can openly discuss the alpha test. Rocksteady clarified that certain parts of the NDA are still in effect, and players shouldn't share images or videos, etc. Uh, so, boys, first I want to talk about just the idea of the of the shitstorm that must be on their plates for them to lift the NDA. And then secondly, we all three checked it out together, uh, thanks to our, our friend and listener, Poots, uh, who gave us uh, access to, with some codes uh, that he had extra laying around, sitting in the, the drawer, uh, in the sock drawer. Um, so I want to talk about our experiences now that we're allowed. And then, uh, but well, first, Dave, for them to lift an NDA uh, that was pretty ironclad and was still going to be in effect after the game came out, as a matter of fact, what do you what do you think? What's that say about the company's thoughts? I don't know. This is a really weird move. Um, the only thing I can think of is the old adage, like any publicity is good publicity. Uh, we're getting pretty close to launch. So maybe if people start talking about our game, then that'll bump, you know, day one adopters. But if they already kind of know that the reception to the uh, alpha was mixed to negative, then I don't know why. Why would you want more people spreading kind of negativity about the game? And we all played it, and I think we, you know, we'll talk about it. But our experience wasn't, you know, pre-order worthy. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. don't know. This is this is a really weird move to me, and everything about this game's life cycle has been odd. Um, so I guess it's just kind of par for the course for a suicide squad. Brandon, when I, whenever they lifted this NDA and it like showed up in my trending topics on Twitter, I clicked on it and like, there were a few negative ones, but for the most part, there were so many positive ones. But then I started looking cause I was like, this is weird that there's so many positive ones. And I started looking and they all had, um, like Batman PFPs. And then you click on their profile. It's like DC fanboy for life. And like, I'm not saying they were all like that. There may have been, there's probably plenty of people and I love DC. I love Marvel. I love, I love superheroes in general, but, and I really wanted to like this game, but what, I don't know. What do you make of them lifting the NDA and just what does that say? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. This is a cry for help. This is seriously boys. I think this is a plea for help. There's so much stink around all of this. I think that this is truly a company flailing for any good publicity that they can possibly get because some of the biggest voices in video games, in the video game sphere, and I'm not just talking about YouTubers and Twitch streamers. I'm talking about news outlets are talking poorly about this game and they were talking poorly about the game before it even came out. So we're just getting stink after stink after stink. And I think that genuinely um, they were trying to uh get some get some good press for once um even if it was a nobody um i guess 
you know, a couple dozen comments saying, I love the beta. Thanks, Radic. Um, meant that, uh, you know, I don't know. It's weird, man. The game was weird. The UI was just so fucking busy. The moment to moment can be fun, right? In my opinion, some of the moment to moment can be fun. But this game is very strange and it continues to be strange. Dave said it. This is odd. And I think that it's so odd for a reason is that it stinks. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it stinks. I see, you know, like that kid from Charlie Brown or like, you know, when SpongeBob makes the fucking disgusting Krabby Patty. That's the stink that's coming off this game right now. Um, Pigpen. That's who I'm trying to think of. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely something going on here. Um, I don't think it's good in any way. And I think that the closer we get to launch, um, I can't imagine this is going to make it much better, boys. Yeah, I, I really don't. Um, but yeah, to me, this is this is definitely a cry for help. Yeah. This is a cry for good press. Um, and I think that it's a hard one to make because it could go the other way too. Um, but I think at this point, they are getting what they can. I mean, just truly. Um, there has to be some voices out there that are positive and they want any that they can because at least what I've seen... And, you know, aside from what you've said about those comments, Ben, it's been a lot of negative. So, Dave, uh, kick us off. Well, continue us with your thoughts on the alpha that we played. I know you were, uh, all of us were, but you were particularly negative on a lot of points that I 100% agreed with. So what what, you, what did you think of our time with the, the alpha? Yeah, for, I was a big proponent with us breaking NDA just because the game was so shit. It wasn't so shit. Okay, but yeah. My, I will disclose that. Yeah. Dave, after we played it, said, can we just like talk about it anyway, even though the NDA, NDA says we shouldn't. And I'm like, you can do what you want, but uh, I don't want my to. My strategy was, <laughs> like, was like, if we just don't say the name of the game, like we can just be like, oh, we played a game together and we forgot the name of it. So let's talk about it and not say, but uh, I, a couple things I did like about the game. Uh, I really like the story set up. I was kind of wondering mm -hmm. how, um, you know, they were going to incorporate the whole Justice League as like the villains and the setup is like, I guess Brainiac has like infected like all of the Justice League's minds. So they all become like evil. And like, there's a couple scenes with Batman and he's actually really fucking scary because he's just everywhere and, and nowhere at the same time. So I like the story. Um, I to kind of build on what Brandon was saying, like the moment to moment is, is pretty cool. I think some of the combat and, and melee abilities were, were nicely varied amongst most of the, uh, characters. I was, um, King shark for the most part. And, and yeah, but even playing the other, the other, uh, three characters in the tutorial, like I, I felt like there was a decent amount to choose from, um, and the, the movement, the, the kind of like jumping around in parkour abilities that you have are, are cool. Like they're, they were just fun and it felt a lot like, um, like sunset overdrive kind of, um, the way you're just kind of dashing through the air and stuff like that. So I enjoyed all that, but like when we kind of got into it, like how the, the moments like the gameplay structure where it's like you you accept a mission you go to a spot you kill a bunch of enemies mission over and we did that like two or three times and i kept saying like is there is there like a bucket moment coming up or is there like a boss battle or something 
or is this kind of just what you're doing? And again, it was an alpha, so there's probably a lot that was not in the game, but it still felt like it would be something that would get very old very quickly, which is saying a lot because when you're playing with your buddies, like it shouldn't feel that grindy, but it felt grindy pretty quick. So yeah, that that's kind of my two cents on the game or our experience. Dave, you said we played, you said we played two or three missions. I'm pretty sure we played like five and it took us like three hours. Sorry. I meant like it, by the time we got past the second or third mission was when I was like, okay, something needs to happen and nothing. Right. So, yeah. Right. Brandon, I know that one of the things uh, you and I were both, I think all three of us were very upset about was I just wanted to play the damn game and it would not let me. Yeah. We played for a little over two hours. At least I did. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Dave said it exactly. I mean, it's like even once we got past the whole tutorial section and it kind of like opened up, let's say that, it was really just like, and even, I mean, Dave kind of even put it lightly. It was more of just like, hey, stand on this roof and don't shoot and listen to this line of dialogue for 30 seconds and then go across the map. Even though you can see the enemies right next to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's... Once you actually were playing as the character, it felt fun. When you were hearing the dialogue and watching the cutscenes, it was cool, but it was so fragmented. Like there was no, I don't, I don't know if nuance is the right word, but there was no like artistry to like how you transitioned in between these side missions, how you transitioned in between main missions. It felt very jarring and like, not every game can be God of War where you just walk through a passageway and then you're to the next section. I get that. But like, we've come a long way with these open world games, even if it's not like a massive open world. It just felt very like stop and go and stop and go and stop and go. And with a game like that, like when you are fighting, it's pretty fast paced and it can be fun. Yeah. Um, but like, I felt like the moment that I started to get going and maybe that's cause we were playing with three people and it was easier. I don't know. But like the moment you started to get going, it was like, now I have to stand and wait at this door for a minute. You know, it just felt kind of old in that way. Um, you know, otherwise, I mean, it ran pretty well on my PC and it looked pretty good on my PC. Um, but you know, it, it just has some weird qualities about it. Like almost things that didn't seem fully thought through. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like, we need this in the game. We need this in the game and we need this in the game. And let's not really worry about how we get in between all that. But like we have them in the game. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Dave, Brandon and I played on, on PC. You played on your series S. So before I give my impressions, how was, how were things on the series S as far as performance? And again, it was an alpha. So we're not going to like, this isn't what we're basing our opinions on, but it is interesting to know. Um, yeah, I don't recall any major issues with it from a performance standpoint. It's not the best looking game. Uh, it, I, I, I think it visually it does have some interesting design with kind of the color and the way the world is destroyed and stuff like that. But uh, on Series S, it, it you know didn't look great, but it also was kind of interesting to look at. So yeah, I don't know, yeah. nothing, nothing too memorable, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah, I suppose that's what you want your game to be known as is not too memorable uh, for sure. So, I mean, I guess nothing too memorable, meaning nothing negative is great, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, for me, I, I'm echoing a lot of the same things those guys said, so I won't belabor them. But I, I really, I love DC. I love the universe. I love the characters, and that part, everything that went along with it, was cool. Uh, the The story seemed like it was going to be cool. I knew where some of the you know the characters' backgrounds were. Uh, obviously, there's been the Suicide Squad movies, and you know, gets you a little bit more into to peek into those. So. That's been, that was good. I like that. I really like the movement. Moving around the map was awesome. Uh, the actual combat itself was pretty cool, but just the way it was so broken up, the way that, and I kept saying while we were playing, part of a, like maybe a copium thing on my part was like, well, I bet once you get a certain amount of hours into the game, it's it just opens up and it's more fun. And as we just kept going, I was like, I don't know if it does. And Dave was like, okay, but do you want to have to wait a few hours to have fun? And I was like, you're right. I don't. Yeah. Um, the man, the one thing I hated about the movement, I love the movement. The thing I disliked was that if you got too far from your party members, you got like a, like a gray screen turning into black where you would like get knocked out and then immediately get transported to where your party was. And I was like, I just kind of wanted to look around over here. And we were all just like going in different directions. So conceivably, many people are going to be playing this with randoms. I think you can play it with bots, but many people are just going to play with random people. And they're just going to get, people are going to be getting left behind, left and right. So overall, it was not my favorite experience. I said if this game was, you know, 20, 30 bucks, or if it were on a subscription service, I'd probably give it a good 10, 15 hours just as something to play with the, with the buddies. But as it stands now, it's I think it's supposed to be sixty or seventy bucks, right? I might be totally wrong yeah, with that, but I think it's a full price game. Just, and I think it's so is, sad. Yeah. Like you've got Bioware, Arcane, and Rocksteady. There's three big developers being kind of bamboozled by live service. Yeah. When when are they gonna learn? Yeah. And I'm not opposed to live service. I play live service all the time. I play multiplayer pretty frequently, but yeah, the there's someone's got it. I'm not opposed to the idea of live service. I'm just opposed to this live service. And I'm not even, we haven't even begun to talk about all the things we saw on the screenshots of all the UI issues and the battle pass issues and stuff like that. We didn't experience those. So I didn't feel right talking about them, but there are all those other things too, that we haven't even seen yet that are probably going to be really interesting to see the, uh, the dialogue around that. So, uh, Okay. Well, what else have we been playing? That was a couple months ago now. What have we been playing recently? Brandon, let's go with you first. Yeah. Uh, so I said last week I wanted my games to be a little bit more concentrated and a little less scatterbrained. Um, I had left the podcast last week saying I really wanted to hammer down on Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, but I had started thinking of some of my other resolutions for the year. Um, and so I said I need to 100% a game on Steam. And I thought, you know, I've 100%ed Maneater twice already. I've 100%ed it on PS4 and PS5. And I was like, I'm just going to see how much it is. Looked on Steam. You know, it, it didn't intrigue me how much it was. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll pick something else. It's kind of a cop-out, right? It's something I've already 100%ed. Oh, don't worry. We're going to give you your cop-out. Don't worry. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> something ain't right. Just listen. Just listen to the, just listen to the reasoning. And then, boys, I went on CD keys, and guess how much Maneater was? I already know, so I can't answer. $3.50-some cents. So I, I had to pick it up. 
for $3.50. I buy a soda down the street for that much. I had to pick it up because I love the game to begin with. So I said, okay, we'll see how far I get. It's super cheap. And guess what? In about nine hours, I got the screenshots to prove it. I beat the base game. And I said, whew, that was fucking easy. Love that. Resolution done. Wrong. Steam does not work the way PlayStation does. The DLC trophies are included in the achievements. So I did not in the get 100%. 100% yeah. yeah. I 100% at the base game. Yeah. And so I said, motherfucker. I didn't even realize it until I had already done it. And so, and so I went back on and I ended up paying. And I also got the DLC, which I 100%. Thank you very much, which I had never played. So this is where I'm gaining legitimacy is that I, uh, I got a good deal. Okay. So that so that that has to stand for something, <laughs> and I hundred percent of the DLC, which I had never played and was actually not enjoyable, um, <laughs> and I uh, I paid double the price for the full game I did as the DLC. I paid like six dollars and some something for the DLC on CD keys, but um, yeah, resolution down, boys, one down, two to go. You know, I did just move into a new place. I'm kind of shaking in my boots here. I've only streamed once this month. So I got to kind of get back on the horse, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm kind of set up here, I really have no excuse unless I, you know, tear it down. Then I kind of have an excuse. Um, I mean, you might have an yeah. excuse, but it would still be a failure. Easy, easy, boys. <sighs> One of my resolutions is done. What is today? The 16th? The 16th, and we started a couple days into the year. So, boom, first achievement down. Maneater, 100%. Don't you dare fucking delegitimize no, no, my Brandon, fucking here. achievement, we're gonna, you son of a bitch. We're going to de- delegitimize it right away. First of all, I'm glad to hear you were able to play the DLC because I was on Discord with you one night, and you were like, yeah, I'm trying to play this DLC, and it just keeps crashing. I guess that you got that oh. fixed. Oh, that was just persistent. Yeah. yeah. I just had to deal with yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just. Now, Brandon, you, you did get this one. Okay. You beat the rules fair and square. But, you know, to play devil's advocate here, you did technically 100% a game, but it's a game you had already played twice before on other platforms. I mean, there was no qualifier. No, I know. There was no I know. I know there, there was, was no, no qualifier. qualifier, but you knew. You knew what you were doing. No, you I knew didn't. what you were doing. I didn't. I saw three dollars and fifty cents, and I said, "I'm biting." No pun intended. You know, <laughs> I'm, I mean, biting. I'm biting. <laughs> so, who knows? Yeah. Maybe I'll hundred percent. Maybe I'll hundred percent two games. Well, and y'all won't have nothing to say. The next about time it. you want to slam on Dave and I for having our our bitch ass resolutions, as you called them, I think at one point that you yeah. know that we our resolutions weren't tough enough. Just remember, one of your resolutions was a cop out. Okay, that's all I'm saying. One of my resolutions will take as much as maybe both of yours put together. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's it for you, right, Brandon? Maneater. That is fucking it, man. I The DLC fucking sucks. Don't play it. Yeah. Um, it's like, what's the most annoying parts of the base game? We're going to put everything that's annoying about the base game into the DLC, but that's it. That's the entire DLC. It's just the annoying shit. Yeah. Um, if you really love the game, fucking play it, yeah. but I wouldn't. Uh, Ed in chat brings up a good point. He said, it's like dating an 18-year-old. It's not illegal, but we'll still side at you. <laughs> and that's how I feel about your man-eater. Oh, Ed, uh, you would say that. Yeah. Why would you Why? Why would you have everyone have thought of that, Ed? Now, Brandon, I got a little bit of a bone to pick with you about something besides man-eater. You don't got shit to pick with me, buddy. The other night, 
I I saw I wasn't we weren't talking I didn't talk to you that day but I looked in Discord and it said underneath your name playing Valheim, and the last time I oh, tried yeah. to get you to play Valheim, you said I'm never playing this game again. Right after one of our friends, Justin, bought it for you. Now tell me what were you doing playing Valheim? With um after you said you would never play it again, you bitch. F I F fifth. I plead the fifth. Yeah. Well, Dave, you have been actually playing Valheim, so why don't we kick off? What have you been playing this week? Um, I've been playing Fortnite with my wife. We got to level twenty five in the battle pass, and we used to have five So I just crashed the matrix by using a punishment to <laughs> fulfill a resolution. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I played the I, I played the Prince of Persia demo. Uh, on my nice. switch um just kind of wanted to get a sense to how it feels i will say now i don't think i'm gonna get it on day one not no fault to the game but it just i just played metroid dread and this is a very similar game from an experience standpoint um for me for metroid dread the other thing is is i know this game is going to be twenty dollars in six months so i can't play it uh, you know, pay pay day one price for it, but I had a good time with it. The combat's really cool. It looks great. It it feels like Prince of Persia, like with the um some of the traversal stuff, uh, like the air dashing, the wall jumping, the wall running. Um, but they also included a lot of like time bending mechanics, both in kind of the art design of the game, but also some platforming mechanics, which I thought was really cool. Um. They also did some really cool like anime animations when you use like super moves, which like is so cool. Like the way the camera kind of zooms in on you and like the background goes all crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, the game looked great. It felt great. Um, one of the other things is uh, a 2D side scrolling Metroidvania like this is a game I want to play on handheld. So I was curious to see how it was going to feel on the switch and it felt great. Uh, loading times weren't too bad. Um, it's a heavily stylized game, so I don't really care about the graphical hit that you get on the Switch. So, yeah, I'm going to buy this game eventually, hopefully physical, um, but uh, probably not day one. But, um, yeah, this game's already all over Twitch and, and stuff, so I'm sure yeah. it's kind of going to be the, the hot commodity for the next week. So, yeah. Sure. Nice. Um, I finished Dredge, which is... Um, yeah, I love this game, man. It, it, it's so much fun. It's, it's just so simple and relaxing and, and, um, yeah, I think everybody should, this is another, another one from, um, from coffee stain, um, publishing mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, just kind of can't say enough about it. It, it deserved all the hype it got last year, um, as an indie title. And, um, yeah, if you're just looking for something chill and addicting to play, then, um, yeah, you really can't go wrong with dredge. And yeah, I think I cleared it in about 10 hours and, I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for not buying it on PS plus because, or sorry, on PlayStation, because this is the kind of game that I really probably would enjoy platinuming. It just doesn't have the same feel doing the hundred percent stuff on a switch though. But, um, it was, it was great on handheld. So, um, played a little bit more Metroid prime, nothing new to say there. And Valheim, I finally got to, uh, I, I, I entered my first burial ground, which was scary. Uh, almost died, yeah. but there's a cool little exploit where you can just stand by the entrance and none of the skeletons will actually jump on the platform and you can just kind of cheese them from there. Um, and I got to work building my, 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 my estate, the, the, the Dave estate, 
uh, in Valheim, um, just sort of nestled between the meadows and, and the, and the dark forest. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Again, I, I've said it before. I've never been much for building in games, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it on Valheim. I think the mouse and keyboard is kind of to credit for that, but it's, it's just really relaxing. And, you know, I burn through my wood really quick and it's, I just find it kind of cool to put on Twitch in the background and just, farm wood for a little while so yeah a really relaxing game that i think has a lot for for anyone and i think if you've ever been kind of turned off of playing valheim because you've seen people playing it with friends don't be because i think this is just as good as an experience um playing on your own as it is with with buddies so so yeah um one little thing i want to say is i do apologize in advance to the audience but uh i will probably not be playing much new for the next few weeks uh i need to clear out the backlog that i've kind of created for myself because um uh as as a journalist fellas i need to really kind of prepare myself for skull and bones which is coming in oh, one month to the day yeah. and uh, i That's can't right. have any distractions of of other games in my backlog um so yeah i need to clear that bad boy out before uh before before the big one comes a lot of people call it the Starfield of 2024 oh is that what yeah. you're saying yeah <laughs> yeah, so. yeah was that before or after the yeah, negative reviews what? yeah no it's you got it um so yeah this is what it is uh for me this week um <laughs> i just looked over somebody wrote something i'm not gonna repeat it uh in the in the google doc and uh anyway um I finished up Final Fantasy VII Remake. I talked about playing it last week. I finished it, and I also did the... Um, I, can't, I can't talk now. <laughs> uh, somebody... I finished up... I'll delete the, I, no, it's fine. I finished up the game. <laughs> I played the Yuffie DLC. I did play the PS5 version, um, by the way. And, uh, man, I love this game. I'm really surprised at myself for putting this game down the first time around back right when it came out, uh, because I absolutely love it. And as I mentioned last week and, and on a different show this week, uh, I played the original Final Fantasy seven, probably five or six times in full. And I've played, uh, oh, my God, <laughs> guys, the Google Doc is insane right now. I think I just have to close it. <laughs> I just got to close the tab. Um, in, and I, I, I played the game so many times and then I, I loved it. And then I just, the remake is perfect. I mean, there's obvious, there's problems with it, but I was wrong the first time, whenever I put it down for whatever reason I put it down, it's just, um, it's so good. And I don't want to say a whole lot more. There's a lot of changes in the game that I don't want to allude to. Cause I know many people are playing this game, especially in, uh, preparation for Rebirth to come out, which I am very excited for. And then I also gave in. I did myself dirty. I gave in and I downloaded Final Fantasy 14 and have been playing it. Now I've only got like 12 or 15 hours in it and I'm only like level, I don't know, 15, 14, 17, somewhere in there. And um, it's your typical MMO bullshit fetch quest beginnings. Haven't got super into the story. I haven't even really dove into any dungeons or anything. I've just been like running around doing tons of fetch quests, just trying to get my bearings on what the game's like and trying to get um, 
you know, just get leveled up and everything so that I can I can be uh, ready, be a little overpowered, honestly, probably. So really enjoying it. It's I don't do this with a lot of games, like certainly not single player or first person games. Or I'm sorry, not first person, but I mean story story games. But uh, Final Fantasy seven or Final Fantasy 14 is the perfect game to just like sit. And like you said, Dave, about Dredge, uh, either watch Twitch uh, and Valheim, by the way, either watch Twitch or, you know, listen to a podcast or whatever, because like, yeah, you got to read a little bit. But when you're doing just this fetch quest bullshit, uh, it doesn't matter as much uh, when you get into the real, you know, the real quest, the, the main storyline. It's it's you, you probably should pay a little more attention, but um, I'm having a good time with it. Who knows how long it'll stick around. Sometimes I play MMOs for hundreds of hours and other times I drop them after three. So I'm not making any promises, but it's certainly um, satisfying a certain itch right now, I'll say. And uh, yeah, that's all we got. That's all I played this week. Um, I don't know what I'm going to play this coming week. I really don't. I haven't thought about it that high, that much. You should play Maneater. I should, but I've already played it a couple times, so that would be breaking your resolution. <sighs> Too bad you didn't set that as your resolution, <laughs> huh? Um, I don't think I'm quite ready to start Mass Effect yet. I know that's one of my resolutions, but I'm not quite ready. I need a little bit more time in between releases I'm really looking forward to. Like, I think I want to play Crisis Core before Rebirth comes out as well. I've never played Crisis Core, so I think I'm going to do that. Dude, m- Mass Effect will only take a couple hours, so start that up anytime you want. It's like 30 hours. <laughs> I'll just fuck I think it's like dude. 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Hopefully, uh, Brandon, you know, gets his act together, starts streaming more, plays a real game that he hasn't beaten before. I'm going to download Warzone and stream it. Oh, <laughs> fuck you guys. I, I'm superseding all reality. <laughs> Boys, anything else to say? Otherwise, thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here. Next week, yeah. Next week, the schedule, the day will be a little different. We're not 100% certain on which day it'll be, but uh, we will not be here Tuesday. I'll be out of town for uh, a day or two for work stuff, but then um, we'll let you know in the Discord if you're there. Don't forget to sign up for the Discord if you're not already on there. You can do so by going to handsomephantom.com slash Discord. You don't have to be a patron, but we appreciate it if you are, and if you're supporting us over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom for as little as a dollar a month. We really appreciate that as well. I think that's it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Goodbye. The HP Podcast is sponsored by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following members are at the $5 level, and we appreciate their contribution. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Grabalicious, Benji Bop, and Link.